0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. <coughs> today is normally the fifth Sunday of the Great Fast where we read the story about the paralytic man whom Christ healed. Um, but this year it happens to land on the Feast of the Annunciation. So we celebrate the Annunciation today. So if you notice that none of the hymns and anything that we have been chanting uh, have been uh, uh, the great fast tune. We have uh, changed tunes to the festive tune because it is the feast of the Annunciation, and in the feast of the Annunciation, we read about um, when the Holy, when when Archangel Gabriel came to Saint Mary and spoke to her that she would conceive and bear a son who would be the Savior of the whole world, and when Archangel Gabriel greets her, he says, "Rejoice, O full of grace! The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women," and this. Uh, And this salutation, this greeting that the angel makes to Mary shows us how much like beloved she is and how blessed she is even in the eyes of God. And we read actually about her and her virtues. Um, St. Ambrose, he says about her, he says, Mary was such that her life alone was a model for all. Let the virginity and the life of Mary be to you as a faithful image in which the form of virtue is resplendent. Thus, learn how to live, what to correct, what to avoid, and what to retain. So, all throughout the history of the Church, St. Mary has been seen as this model, um, not only for women to follow, but for all people to follow, thing that we can learn so much from her, from her example. So I wanted to go through some of the virtues of St. Mary that we can learn from. The first virtue we learn from St. Mary is the virtue of purity. When St. Mary was approached by Archangel Gabriel and told that she would be, you know, bear a son, it says in verse 34 of Luke chapter 1, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? Like she was so, so pure and she didn't even understand how it would be possible for her to bear a child and she has not known a man nor did she ever intend to know. She was consecrated actually for the service of the temple. Um, And so she teaches us this virtue of purity. And this is not to say that people who are married and and choose to marry that this is somehow unpure. But she teaches us this concept of of purity, whether in marriage or outside of marriage, that we are to keep ourselves pure. We live in a society that is full of sinful influences and wicked things that we see all around us, whether in TV or the Internet. Uh, The world around us has such a low standard for morality, such a low standard of what's considered to be righteous and good. And actually, there, there is no standard. Uh, God's standard of purity is so much higher than the standard of the world that we cannot even compare the two. And yet Christ is calling us to live this life of purity even while we are in the midst of a society that has no concept of purity and will feed us and, and give us and present to us all types of garbage and, and tell us this is fine. There is nothing wrong with this. You can consume this, you can watch this, you can do this, and there, there's nothing wrong with this. And yet, when we read the Word of God, the Word of God tells us there's a different standard of purity, there's a different standard of righteousness. And St. Mary is for us a model, as someone that we can look to and see that she lived this life of purity. It's important for us to always put this before our eyes. And when we fall, we, we, we repent. We, we come back to God. We say, God, I fell into this sin. I fell into a lack of purity. Help me and help me to grow and help me to overcome these sinful actions and these sinful thoughts. The second uh, virtue we learn from St. Mary is uh, one of contemplation. We read actually in more than one place in the scripture how St. Mary, um, who, who actually ha- doesn't speak very much, we read about very few words that St. Mary speaks In the scripture and yet she is very contemplative after the birth of Christ and when the shepherds after the shepherds go and visit um, the Christ child we read in Luke chapter 2 Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart like she's she's trying to understand what is her place what is her role what is the, the the role of this child that is to be born also after when Christ was still a child but older And Saint Mary and Saint Joseph, they lose track of him. They don't know where he is, and they go back and they find him that he is teaching in the temple. And then it says in Luke chapter two, verse fifty-one, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. So while she was not someone to go and talk a lot, she was someone who thought a lot, someone who considered all these things that was happening. What is her place in, in the role of salvation. What is the place of her son in the role of salvation? Sometimes we are very quick to, to talk and to take action without spending the necessary time to think through what it is that we are going to do and to think more than we speak. Do we say things? Do we fall into this trap where we just jump into saying things without thinking them through and maybe doing things that we wish that we hadn't done? Mary is an example for us of someone who you know, thinks and understands what is her role before she takes any kind of hasty action. The third virtue we learn from St. Mary is one of humility. When Archangel Gabriel came to visit her, it says in, in Luke chapter 1, it says, then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, or sorry, this is, um, this is uh, St. Saint, Saint Elizabeth, her cousin. She spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is what St. Elizabeth is saying to St. Mary. She's praising her. She's praising her. And um, uh, St. Mary replied, and she said, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. At no point did St. Mary ever think herself to be a great person. Never think of herself to be a special person or a person that is worthy of praise. And every time somebody praised her, out of her humility, she she deflected this praise. She didn't accept this. She said what? For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Like God is the one who has graced me with this gift, not because I deserve, not because I am good, not because of anything in me, but simply because of who he is and this gift that he chose to give me. And we ask ourselves also this question, do we allow ourselves to kind of uh, look at maybe the positions or the gifts or the talents that God has given us and we think ourselves to be great. If St. Mary was humble, then we all have to be humble. No one of us has experienced or has been given what St. Mary has been given and yet maybe we fall into pride begin to feel that maybe what I have is is so good, or I am so good, that we begin to judge others, that we begin to see ourselves as something more than we are. Even though Saint Mary, she was greater than kings and prophets and the highest of all the saints, and yet she was always very humble. Fourth purity, or fourth uh, virtue, that we learn from Saint Mary is her faith. When Saint Elizabeth praised her, she said, what blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. Saint Elizabeth is blessing Saint Mary for her faith. You know, when, when the angel came and told her what was going to happen, first of all, Archangel Gabriel said, you're going to have a child without being married, without ever having known a man. And not only that, that this child is going to be God himself. And he is going to be the savior of the world. This is by no means an easy thing to accept. This is by no means something that's like anyone would come and tell us something like this and it would be easy for me to believe like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. Maybe we would doubt. Maybe we would question. Maybe we would think that, you know, we, we misunderstood or there's something wrong with this. Okay? And yet, St. Mary believed. She believed that there would be a fulfillment. And in the most difficult times of her life when her son was being tortured and beaten and crucified, she never doubted this. She believed that this, in fact, was true and that all this had to happen. The disciples themselves doubted. They they, they didn't understand. The people didn't understand why is it that the Messiah, what is it that Jesus had to be crucified? And yet she believed. She believed and accepted that this was the will of God. Also, we see, for instance, at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, she tells the servants whenever they had run out of wine, and she goes and tells her son that they have run out of wine, she says to them, whatever he says to you, do it. She had such faith in her son that, that he would solve whatever problem in his own way, in his own timing, and that whatever it is he says to you, do it, right? Like, like she, she believed this, she believed this about Christ. She, she believed everything that happened in this story, from the angel coming to that her son would inherit the kingdom of David, and that he was the source of salvation, both for the Jews and Gentiles, and she believed. So we have to ask ourselves also what is it that i believe do i really believe all the words of scripture that christ is speaking to us and he's telling us that he is our savior that he is giving us all these blessings and good things that he has a wonderful future prepared for us or do we look only at the surroundings do we look only at what i'm experiencing today and say i can't believe that this could be right that's i don't see this happening now in my life i don't see how this could be possible that god is such is so good and generous and kind and that he is protecting me where is his protection St. Right? Mary believed to the very end, and she was able to see the fulfillment of all the promises that God had made to her. <clears throat> also, we see in the life of St. Mary, a life of prayer. When she went and visited St. Elizabeth, she said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Also, we read about in Acts chapter 1, when St. Mary was with the other apostles, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So St. Mary Mary's life was a life full of prayer. She wasn't trying to live on her own separate from God. She wasn't trying to deal with her problems separate from God. She was always praying and she was always giving thanks to God for every situation that she experienced, whether it was feeling good and joyful or whether it was painful and confusing. And yet, St. Mary's was always with God. We should do the same as her, that we are always blessing God. We are always seeking His, His acknowledgement. We're always seeking His will. We're always seeking you know, to know what it is He wants us to do and to seek comfort from Him. A sixth virtue we can learn from the life of St. Mary is one of obedience. You know, St. Mary had a very special rank, a very special status. She could say what I am I am the mother of a god. Imagine how like for instance the mother of a president or the mother of a king. Well, how is it that she would feel? How is it that she would feel like she should receive some kind of a special treatment because she has this special status and this special rank. And yet St. Mary never experienced any of this. She never she never demanded anything special from her. Actually her life was very poor. Her life was very difficult. First of all, we see that she is you know, being her, her son is being born in a, in a manger, in a stable with animals. You know, the manger is a place where the animals come and they eat and drink, right? And there was no other place for her to give birth to her son rather than this very poor place. And she was fine with this. She never complained about this. Even when it came to the law, she fulfilled the law in everything, even with her own son. For instance, she took Christ to be circumcised on the eighth day. We read about this in, in verse 21 of Luke chapter 2. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, she went and took him to the temple to circumcise him. She could have said something. like, well, he doesn't need to be circumcised. I mean, he is, he is God himself. What is the point of me taking him to be circumcised? And yet she did it. We also see that she offered the sacrifice of two turtle doves or two young pigeons that, that the law d- demanded for her to do. Also, when it was time for Joseph and St. Mary to flee and go to Egypt to escape Herod, we see that she immediately obeyed this. Says when he arose he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. In every way Saint Mary's life was a difficult one. She was on the run, she was living this life of poverty. Nobody appreciated her. Nobody understood who she was. Nobody understood what is it that she was doing or, or, or what is the importance of the birth of her son, and people were even trying to kill him, to beat him, to mock him. And all of this she she accepted it silently. She accepted it without complaint. And she never said to god god why are you allowing this to happen why are you why are you allowing me to suffer like this and when it came to her interaction with other people she never said do you know who i am i am the mother of god do you you, you need to treat me a certain way i disband a certain kind of respect she never did this maybe we do this maybe we think that we deserve a certain kind of respect but she never did and she actually deserves more respect and more honor and more reverence than we do So it's a very important thing we can learn from her. She was obedient and she never asked for anything. She never demanded anything for herself. The seventh virtue we can learn from the life of St. Mary is the one of detachment. In Luke 2, 7, it says, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. She brought, she brought forth her son and put him again in a manger. And she was, ha- she was happy. She was satisfied. We don't read about any complaint. And even though she deserved better, she was detached from the world. There was nothing she was seeking to gain from herself for herself from the world there was no physical possessions that she was seeking there was there was there was no status there was nothing at all maybe we struggle with this we live in a very materialistic society in a society where we are always wanting to attach ourselves to things we think that the physical items the physical things that we have in this world define us bring us identity we compare ourselves with other people based on what we have what is my car versus this person's car? What is my house versus this person's house? What is, you know, my kids, like, how obedient are they compared to other people's kids? In whatever way, maybe we compare ourselves and we are very much attached to physical things. Saint so, Mary was not attached to anything. And you could see that very clearly in her life. She was willing to give up everything and she had nothing. The only thing that she had was her role as the mother of God. There, there was nothing else that she was able to enjoy in her life other than her status as the mother of God. So we ask ourselves also this question, how detached am I from the world? Can I, can I say like St. Mary's to be detached in this way? Or do I find myself so attached to the world that I, see, I can't turn to God because I'm too attached to the physical world? I'm too attached to the physical to focus on the spiritual. The eighth virtue that we'll um, look at from the life of St. Mary is that she lived a life of service. Even all of, with all this happening to her and even though she was pregnant and all of this like confusing things that is happening to St. Mary of her being uh, pregnant with the Son of God, after she found out that her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant, she went and she went to serve her for three months. We read in uh, verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. She loved St. Elizabeth and she wanted to serve her the love she had for her was not limited to thoughts was not limited to prayers was not limited to just i feel love for you from a distance but i'm willing to sacrifice myself sacrifice my time sacrifice energy and money to come to you and serve you because i love you and maybe sometimes we even struggle to love those who love us right let alone to love those who hate us but what is it that christ says about love he says if you love those who love you what credit is that to you for even sinners love those who love them. Right? He's saying we are called to love others. Even sinners love their own you know, love their own, love their own families, love their own friends. Even sinners do so. Christ is calling us to live a standard that is above the standard of the world. He's saying, Love those even who hate you. This is something we can see in the life of Saint Mary. We never see any any evidence that she hated those people who crucified her son. Actually she she loved everyone and she served everyone, and it didn't matter who it was. The ninth virtue that we learn from the life of Saint Mary is that she lived a life of hope. Can you try to imagine how you would feel if you were standing at the foot of the cross looking at your son being crucified? We read about this in John 19 25. It says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. Mary was one of those who were at the, stood at the foot of the cross while Christ was crucified on the cross. And can we imagine what it is that she felt in that moment? Actually, what did she have her entire life? Her entire life was, was completely about this moment. Right? She didn't have anything else. She didn't have any other family. She didn't have like, like any physical possessions. She didn't have any reason to live except for this moment of giving her son up uh, on the cross for the salvation of all of mankind and she gave this sacrifice actually for all of us she gave the sacrifice of her son so that all of us can have salvation this was a great gift that she gave to us and yet despite all of this we never see her have any hatred toward anyone she never f- experienced any hatred toward judas or to peter who were the, who denied him right and, and she was serving the sick, she was preaching, she showed love to the outcast. She never she never like, like was dejected. She never stopped serving. She never stopped being Saint Mary. She never you know we never read about her being like, you know, she's had such a difficult time with this and she became angry at God and that she, she just wanted to leave. Despite all of this, she maintained her hope in God that God was actually using this situation for His glory and for the salvation of the world. and it wasn't about her. Like she saw beyond just that this is about me. This is just not about me. This is about everyone. This is about the whole world that I'm willing to make this sacrifice and to continue in hope for the future. Sometimes we have difficult situations that happen to us that causes us to completely lose our hope. I don't have hope for the future anymore. The future looks to me like to be dark and bleak and painful. And I don't want to go on. Like there's nothing good. I don't see any goodness in my life. Why is it that I should go on? But we see in St. Mary's life, this didn't happen. She, she continued to serve and she continued to pray and she continued to, to grow and flourish. And, and we revere her and we venerate her because of her great example for us. And so how is it that she was able to do it? She saw clearly in front of her what was important. And she knew that she would actually be reunited again in heaven with her son. Of course, he was with her all the time. But, but she saw something positive. She saw something good to live for. Maybe we sometimes, when we go into these periods where we see that life is dark and bleak, we forget the good things. Maybe we focus on some negative aspect, something that's happened to us that's painful or we don't understand, but we forget that God gives us so many good things. There's so many good things that God gives and there's so much hope for us in the future and ultimately the eternal hope of being with God in heaven is what should keep driving us. Maybe yes, in the world there is nothing very good. Maybe. People have abandoned me. Maybe I'm going through health problems or financial problems or whatever the case might be. But in the but God is with me and God is supporting me, and God is giving me hope to continue to the end until I am with Him. The last virtue that we're going to speak about is the virtue of sacrifice. Saint Mary sacrificed everything for the sake of humanity. Actually, even um, at the beginning of Christ's life. When she went to the temple, there was a man, Saint Simeon the Elder, who prophesied what kind of pain that she would experience for the sake of the world. It Says in Luke chapter two, verse thirty-five: "Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Yes, a, pierce, a sword will pierce through your own soul." What was this sword? It was the sword. It was the, the the sword that pierces her, which is the sacrifice that she must uh, offer for the salvation of everyone in the whole world did saint mary have a childhood that was full of like toys and family time did she spend did she spend her time doing things that she wanted to do like any other child no actually she was consecrated to live in the temple from when she was a very young child until she was 12 years old this was her entire life consecrated to live in the temple she never went on vacations She never had any prominent positions. She never had a career. She never had a family of her own. She never had any of this, right? Her entire life, even from her childhood, was like consecrated and sanctified for service of God and the people. And this is why we honor her. We honor her because everything she did was for the sake of someone else. Saint Mary is like the incense that we put on the coal in the censer that rises up to heaven. She is consumed. She consumed herself completely for our sake so that we might have salvation. So we look at her example and we look at how God used a human being to accomplish all of this work of salvation in us. Of course, God is the author of salvation. But, but he used her as the means of, of, of being his mother, as the, as the one through whom she, he came in order to grant us the forgiveness of our sins. And all these virtues that we speak about St. Mary, you know, there is so much more. We could even speak about St. Mary, but these are just 10 things that I thought of that maybe we could discuss briefly about her. And again, in this Feast of the Annunciation, we remember... The amazing work that St. Mary did. We remember how the angel came to her and told her that she would conceive a son and that she accepted this and said, behold, the servant of the Lord, that I'm accepting everything that you're telling me. You know, because she had been prepared to do so. She had already given her entire life to God from from even her young childhood until that point. So when God told her, now I'm asking you to do this great thing. I'm asking you to give the rest of your life. I'm asking you to give something so 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 big that maybe she would have never imagined. And yet she was willing to offer it. She was willing to give it immediately. So from St. Mary, may God grant us that we learn all these virtues in her life and we can also imitate them in our own. And glory be to God forever. Amen.